from the campus of Stanford University. This is the Modern Architect Radio Show and Podcast, featuring one-on-one interviews with renowned and cutting-edge architects, influencers, and sustainability leaders. The show and podcast will inform, educate, and illuminate the transformation, joy, and inspiration architecture brings to our cities, communities, and lives. Hosted by architecture aficionado and principal of Accurate Architectural, Tom Dioro. Thank you, Shay. For my guest today, we want to welcome Guy Castaneda, co-founder and principal of Namos Red. A talented and visionary architect, Guy is also doing several projects throughout the Bay Area using the bone structure technology, a smarter, faster way to build. Hello, Guy. Thank you for being on The Modern Architect today. We're looking forward to hearing your insights and experiences on the industry and your work with Bone Structure. Hi, Tom. Uh, Thank you very much for inviting me today. Guy, how did you get started in architecture and design? So I, I was always uh, fascinated about buildings. Uh, I was born in, in Spain. Uh, I lived in Madrid. Madrid is surrounded by great architecture. And uh, I, I sort of, um, I lived in a financial background family. So uh, most of the work my parents were doing was invisible. And I, was, I have always been obsessed by, by having some kind of impact in the, in the world around me. Um, I, I loved what I loved what buildings did to cities, and uh, I was always attracted by that. Um, and then that's that's when I decided uh, that maybe my role in life was to become an architect. Excellent. Did that happen when you were in childhood, or uh, just a so? Little... So that happened pretty early, actually. I was um, I don't know, probably ten to twelve years old when I started looking at buildings. Uh, I realized that no one around me cared. <laughs> cared yeah, but uh, my my, my family didn't care either. But they thought it was kind of funny that. I was into architecture, and uh, I was also very fascinated by, by the whole building process. I, I didn't know any, I don't know anything about construction at all. That was something interesting for me at the time, and uh, uh, and I and I also wanted to know more about real estate. Uh, I was always always uh, reading newspapers for uh, things on the market and, and following and following those things. So houses and wow! So the real estate, architecture, and the invisible. And together you've you've created uh, um, beautiful work I've seen. And uh, uh, what's uh, some of the projects that you first started with? So um, well, uh, so I, I I was very lucky to meet uh, my wife very early in my life. Uh, she was a brilliant designer, and uh, she she comes from an architectural background. She sort of had it nice. more, more clear than me. And uh, so actually, my first major was business and law. Because when before getting into, I, I wanted to do architecture, but before getting into architecture, my dad asked me to talk to some of his architect friends uh, to see if I would still be encouraged after talking to them. And, uh, Is that right? Yeah, the basic message I got from uh, these very successful people in the architecture industry was, "Don't do it." Oh, and what, <laughs> it's why a very is that? Tough why is that? Um, the main message was. It is a really tough uh, business. It's very, very hard to, to be successful in architecture, and uh, you have to love it. And uh, and it's it's very like sometimes it's hard to love. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah, but um, so I did. So I followed. I followed everyone's advice and, and got into got into business and, and law. I was there for three, four months, and then I realized no one around me had any kind of vocation or uh, people were there. They just wanted wanted a great job. Uh, we were in a very good university in Spain, and uh, people wanted a great job when they got out. And that was not my motivation. Uh, my wife, Paula, was uh, was reading architecture at the time. 
so I, I decided to join her. So that's that's yeah. One year later, I was an excited you student. You were hooked. Yeah. I was an exciting, an excited and in student. Love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I joined my my girlfriend. Uh, she was one one year before me. So I was like the the little the little one, and and I was the first. Like I I, I didn't know anything about what, what I had to do. But she 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 kind of guided me through it. Uh, was very motivated uh, since it was uh, second choice. Uh, I was like more motivated than my pals and, and was lucky and did it very quickly. So yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, did you, would you and uh, Paula go on uh, excursions just to look at buildings and uh, look yeah. at structures, look at designs? So uh, Paula and I traveled. We, we traveled so much. Uh, we don't travel anymore. We have kids. <laughs> But we were very fortunate to have traveled so much together. And uh, Paula has lived architecture all, all her life. Uh, her parents, her grandparents, her, her cousins, her uncles, aunts are architects. It's a huge, huge architectural family. Yeah, and uh, she sort of uh, taught me taught me a lot about architecture. Taught me how to see architecture. Um, we we went to the most important cities in Europe, Asia. We traveled around the world actually once. Wow. And uh, yeah, yeah, we, we learned. Yeah, we learned a lot. Wow. I mean, were you able to bring that back, uh, your excursions around the world, and apply it uh, to your to your work? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So how did uh, how did it happen on, on a project? Yeah. No. It's um, so you when you when you walk a city like when you when we visited a city we walked the city. And we had we were not following any kind of guide, travel guide. We were walking, like we were improvising along the way, getting lost, lost most of the time. But it was a lot of fun, and uh, and uh, yeah, we would just uh, see things that we liked and, and learned other construction processes. And uh, yeah, we we sort of uh, gathered all that experience. Uh, we were at the time while being students, we were working working with a couple of architects and. Uh, we were learning. We were learning very fast, and uh, we we didn't we didn't know anything when we got out of the of the university. I told you that before. Right? We we were we had a little bit of theoretical uh, input on us, but we we knew nothing. So we we that's when we decided we want to really work and travel. We moved to Paris, uh, stayed in Paris, and oh, there you go. Now, uh, yeah, how was yeah, it there? Yeah, well, this Paris is, is is amazing. It's it's the Parisians. Okay, <laughs> so it's the people, not just the. People. Yeah, no. Yeah. So so no, we 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 liked Paris, but uh, we we didn't feel as comfortable there, and uh, we we sort of ran away uh, a few months later and and ran to London, where Paula had a brother working. And like literally uh, run. Or, we were or interviewing. Yeah, we were interviewing. We interviewed in Switzerland. We interviewed in Paris. We interviewed in London, and and then we ended up working in London. So, yeah. So was, right away was that as soon as you. Uh, so Paula got a job on the Eurostar. The Eurostar is the train that connects Paris with London. Yeah. So she got a job in the trip to London. So it took her. It took her four hours. <laughs> so you went for was, a trip and she gets a job. Yeah, no, that was, that was pretty crazy. And uh, and it took me. Uh, so that was one of the biggest learning experiences of my life. Was it took me six months uh, to find my first job. It was so it, it it turned out that when we arrived to London, it was 2012, uh, and and it was the one of the worst architectural crises for big architecture corporations in history. And uh, so I, I was interviewing with very big firms that were very interested, but uh, were, were actually le uh, letting people go. So uh, not a lot of opportunities. And, and very quickly uh, found, found out that, that I was competing against people that have been working in, in other corporations, had more, had more experience than me, mm -hmm. better, better names in their CVs. So that, that, that's why I, I, I decided to 
uh, something came out of my memory, and I and I saw all those friends of my father saying, "Do not do architecture; it's a hard business." <laughs> and uh, since I had a little bit of business background in me, uh, I started self-studying finance again, and uh, I I got into the into into interviewing processes in, in investment banks. And, the invisible yeah. again. Yeah. Bringing uh, the invisible visible. Yeah, and 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 uh, yeah, out of so uh, through through my very very small network, I met very like very interesting very interesting people. Uh, one of them uh, like got me in front of a, of a decision maker at J.P. Morgan, and uh, and I I was lucky enough to to get along with them and and got a, my first job as a, as an intern in a in a in a real estate investment bank. So it was it was pretty like unexpected. Yeah. Great, and that was six months. From yeah, that was six the... months. Yeah, so okay. so I had already gone through the writing a book period. For the... <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, and, and no, but I have to say that those six those six months uh, looking for a job in a city where everyone works. You cannot survive in London if you're not working. It's so expensive. Everyone works very hard. Uh, that was that was a. I I, it, it, I would say that uh, I really I really took some time to to meet myself and uh, I, I learned a lot and. Uh, um, yeah, I got I got out of that bump uh, very like very luckily and, and very well, but uh, that that really that really changed the way I, I saw things. Yeah, excellent. So, uh, how did you once you uh, were finished with your internship? How did uh, again architecture was it in the, in the back of your mind? Yes, the, in your. Would you discuss it? Yeah, so so it's not it's not that I that I decided to, to move into okay. architecture. Actually, I was interviewing with with big big firms uh, like Goldman Sachs or, or some some other some other banks, and, and 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 one of one of the partners at Foster Foster and Partners that had interviewed me in the past, uh, actually fourteen months late uh, before that, so even before getting married, uh, he called me and he said, uh, "Hey, hey, Guy, uh, what are you doing?" And I said, I'm, "I'm working at an investment bank." He was like, "What? What are you doing there? Like, get out of the." No, and, and uh, he he said, uh, "I want to I want to show you something very interesting that we're doing, and I want to come by our office and, and sit down for 15 minutes, and and then you'll tell me if you're still interested." Because at the time, I was enjoying I was enjoying learning so much yeah. about about I was telling you earlier about real estate. We were looking at a lot of uh, like we basically purchased uh, buildings or property and and. Uh, Figured out a strategy of on how to increase their value, and then and then found found the right the right investor or the right institution to, to purchase that that building from us. So that was very interesting. There's a lot of there's a yeah. lot to it. Yeah, it's not uh, it's not rocket science, but it's definitely uh, an industry where where there is so much to learn, and there's intuition and, 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 and judgment uh, take a big big portion of, of your success. I was I was liking it there, but. But I couldn't say no when I met with this with this person, yeah. and so they were designing they they were designing the Apple campus in Cupertino, like the most innovative building in the, sure. in the world. Uh, it was uh, it was something that I well I didn't expect, and then when I when I well after ten minutes talking to him, I had I had made my decision. I I cut my my pay in half. <laughs> cut your pay in half. How yeah. about your uh... Uh, you had to move as well, is that correct? No, so yeah, okay. no, it, it actually it was a really, really weird story. I was living a five-minute walking distance uh, from from the architectural office in London, and I had just signed my lease on an apartment in, in Covent Garden in the city of London. So, I was, <laughs> yeah, 30 minutes away, I just signed my lease, and I found out that I was moving, like changing, changing jobs. But uh, so, but this uh, the lease I signed was. Uh, like down downstairs from Paula's work, she was working at KPF. Uh, it's uh, Con Peterson Fox, a big architecture office in in the U.S. and and, uh, and Europe. 
and uh, so she so she she was close to, to work I started uh, exercising I, I bought a bike oh that, did you okay yeah, yeah it was, uh, so yeah, you, it was so you're uh, you look pretty fit no no yeah. I'm, I'm I'm very unhealthy I'm just thin. oh how I'm did just, that happen I'm just thin out of, out of starving starving myself out I'm thin <laughs> <laughs> so so um, right now we're as I told you we're very lucky to be where we are uh, 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 but uh, yeah it's, uh, it's it's hard to to find time to to, to exercise now. yeah so the, on the uh, on the Apple campus how did um, you know what was your involvement with it yeah so I arrived uh, the the Apple campus had, had been under design for for three years already and I, and I got and I got into the team in charge of, of designing the theater so it was the, the building where all their products co- were going to be presented to the world uh, it's a building inside the campus and uh, so I got introduced uh, to to uh, who would be my future boss it was uh, it was a very like it was a very talented team I I, I yeah, I really, I really had a like. I, f- I felt like an intruder there. I have to say, I was full, surrounded by this like a lot of talented people. And no, but uh, they, I, I have to say that it was uh, an environment where you could learn fast and and you, you had opportunities to learn. So uh, we learned very fast and very very quickly, and that was yeah. surprising. Uh, we we got the opportunity to actually be transferred to Cupertino to build to build the thing. So uh, a year later, uh, yeah, Paula. Uh, eight months pregnant, oh, uh, and me great. like fly flew flew to the U.S. So Paula basically she had the baby, and then when the baby was when Sacha our first kid was one week, we moved we moved to Cupertino and we arrived uh, to this <laughs> what we thought was uh, heart of the uh, innovation like innovation hub in the world. And I was telling you earlier, so we landed there and yeah. What was your thoughts when you arrived from went from London to Cupertino? Yeah, so um, we were living. I told you in Covent Garden, center of London, a yeah. beautiful square, uh, like f- probably three hundred restaurants in a five minute walking distance. So it, it was, yeah. So we we got to Cupertino and we we I told you before we found ourselves yeah. surrounded by cookie cutter homes. Like, okay. uh, yeah, like uh, a vi- it was basically it's it was a village for us. Uh, so then we, we realized that that's how this area works. Everything happened sort of uh, in the middle of that of of that. Uh, like all the all the like most of the startups that are now conquering the world were created in, in garage in garage spaces. Yeah. So that's sort of the heart. In cookie cutter homes. <laughs> in cookie cutter homes. Yeah, Maybe that's part of the inspiration for the innovation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but you can you can really you can I think you can understand the shock. The shock when we realized there was little, very little innovation in the construction industry, other than a few commercial projects being built in the area. Yeah. So obviously, San Francisco is, is, is an amazing, amazing city, and uh, it's a wonder, one of the wonders of the world, in my opinion. Uh, but but Silicon Valley, it's, it's a total different story. It's uh, it's it's a very a very low density low density population uh, houses were built very quickly uh, 50 to 60 years ago for a very small uh, budget and they were built that way for a purpose but the surprising thing for us but they hadn't been they hadn't been renovated or they hadn't been substituted too much by by new uh, modern architecture so, yeah. so these hundreds of thousands of employees that were changing the world uh, are living in cookie cutter homes. Uh, that's that, that's something that was really far away from what you get in Europe. Yeah. So you were obviously shocked um, uh, culturally as well as the, yes. just just your your living living spaces and the people uh, how they lived. 
and what they lived in and did that spark that inspiration again for you to say what can you how can you help contribute to this and how can you uh, yeah um, so so build yeah. upon it yeah but that's uh that's interesting because uh, we 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 as soon as we landed here like we already had it in the back of our minds like we want we want to set up our business we were very entrepreneurial and uh, uh we wanted to be architects but we also wanted to be like developers we wanted to take advantage of this little experience that i acquired in in the real estate world so we had, that was on the back of our minds. Uh, we were lucky enough that Paula was hired by a, by a small developer firm in Palo Alto, and she started she started working with them. And we saw uh, we saw how technical you need to be to start in the developer world, and we weren't too scared about that about taking that step. At the time, I was working. Uh, yeah, it is like changing the world, as, as people say. That one takes, house at a time. Uh, no, building. no, but uh, yeah, no, but we were. I, I was not changing the world, but I was. I was a small part in a huge project uh, with hundreds and hundreds of people working on it, and we were killing ourselves to meet the deadlines and to and to and to like sort sort the building out. It was a very yeah. complex. Bit. So we were working 17 hours a day, and I was working seven days a week, not 17 hours on on Saturdays and Sundays by a lot, and and the, and and I found myself uh, taking Sata to work so that Paula could take a rest. It was it was uh, yeah on Sunday, so uh, I actually. Actually, my I have pictures of my friends have pictures of me like with Sata on one hand and and, and working on the other in the office. Uh, yeah, and uh, I'm tired listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, not but, bored, uh, but tired. Just no, yeah, and, and 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 then so we we started talking to the developers Paula was working for, and they were interested in, in meeting us and uh, and learning more about what we wanted to do, and uh, they gave us the opportunity to do something in, in Palo Alto, and uh, we we jumped we jumped ships, and uh, awesome, yeah. So that's when that's when we incorporated our our business in in yeah in California, and that's and that's and that's how, how Nomos Red started. Yeah. Oh, great. Now, how did uh, uh your interest in specifically modern architecture how did that did, did that come about or was it uh, inspired even more so in cupertino or once you arrived in cupertino and you saw boy this is not yeah, so reflective mo- of your vision in a way yeah no so so we didn't have a vision we were lucky to be born in in madrid and uh, uh, madrid madrid is a city that has a, a great architects it's it's a beautiful architecture madrid is uh, if you haven't been to madrid or some of the big spanish cities uh, definitely go go there and, and see the buildings and and the design of those buildings it's so so there is truly modern and minimalistic uh, uh, architecture there there is a uh, there is a group of architects that were greatly influenced by Mies van der Rohe and Frank Lloyd Wright and, and all those guys and and they 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 developed they continued their work and they continued it in Spain and there's great modern architecture and I was I've always been like completely completely f- fascinated by by modern architecture uh, since like since day one I have to say uh, and Paula as well. So we we didn't we didn't even explore the possibility of doing something remotely different to to, to modern architecture. So you, so when you were born, you told the doctor modern architecture, <laughs> but in Spanish, how would you say that in Spanish? The modern. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that so so that was late. That was late in our. So I, that was that was probably yeah on, on, as, as a teenager yeah. But uh, but it's it's so so there so there. That's why I was so shocked when I arrived here. There is mu- much more variety. Uh, in European cities than what the, what you have sometimes in in in, in American cities. And it's because yeah. they were developed much more slowly. Yeah. Uh, so you have buildings that are 400 years old and buildings that are that are uh, like super new and they're all like they all have their 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 time and there's a lot of modern stuff and we had a lot of we had a lot of a lot of examples. It's much more uh, the builders are more accustomed to build the modern way. Uh, they've been trained. 
So how how builders are trained in in Europe is is um, there is there's the 60 the 60 or the 50 year experience builder trains the 35 or 30 year experience builder the 30 trains the 15 15 trains the, so so there's like a mentorship program there and uh, and also you're in 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 Europe you do not so I the first time I saw a building made out of wood was here in the US uh, where I was yeah well so is, is it stone yeah so or, so or? in 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 Spain the main construction material is concrete. Uh, we use concrete and steel, so so when you're building with concrete and steel, uh, there is much more like there's more technicality around it than, than building with wood. Uh, both like b- wood also works very well for for certain kind of buildings, but we just we don't we don't do it because it's it's, it's concrete and steel are cheap are cheap materials there. So so it, there's not there's not there's not a cost there's not a cost impact by using those materials. So, so builders are very used to using them. They, 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 and they were they are able to guide the architects through the process. Um, and and also there is there is as I was saying the consultant the consultants industry is more developed around around modern architecture. Whereas when we came here, um, buildings are done mainly in wood, and that's that's how we come to bone structure. Yeah. That bu- bu- buildings are done mainly in wood. Um, wood is a material that you can cut yourself. You could basically build your own house out of wood if you if you if you learned how to do it. Sure. Uh, and and uh, so buildings are, are framed out of wood, and, and there is so there is much more opportunities for people to self start themselves in the construction industry on their own than than in Europe. So that uh, so we so that's why we felt and when we arrived here, a lot of a lot of the contractors we were meeting and, yeah. a, lot, and a lot of people in the construction industry were more self starters and uh, they they were like they were great professionals and uh, we, we, we loved talking to them. But on the on the modern architecture side of things they they, they hadn't had this mentorship for, like or, or they hadn't learned uh, the industry uh, are, like around modern architecture or around concrete or around steel yeah. uh, the same way Europeans have done so so uh, certain certain kind of, of, of design elements were harder to, to achieve through their through their experience. You're listening to the Modern Architect Show with your host Tom Dioro and guest Guy Castaneda. Hi, Tom. Yes, Guy, you 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 had said that the uh, the influence of the architect in Europe. Um, yeah, as opposed to the United States, has more of a. Is it? Would you say it has? You have more of an influence, or more of a say, or more. Yeah, I, I would say um, b- building modern architecture in Europe is much easier, and uh, I, I would say because there is like the the industry has pro- progressed more incrementally than here, and uh, so so basically there is there's much more uh, there's much more technicality. There's did they not they understand it, or was it something that they were curious about, but did just not. Uh, um, yeah, that's, that's familiar with the process. Yeah. So um, there is so there is a few there is a few builders here in in in, in the area in the Bay Area that, that uh, do um, brilliant modern modern design modern architecture. They, they they build they build it brilliantly. But but the main I'd say the majority of builders are so comfortable working with wood. They have their frame their framing teams set up or they have their relationships set up. They they generally dislike the idea of of not working with wood. So that was like a big deal breaker for us. So uh, as I was telling you, our first, so after after our Palo Alto deal, 
we we went to Half Moon Bay and and uh, that, uh, like we 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 researched the whole Bay Area and the Peninsula uh, very deeply and and we we arrived to the conclusion that Half Moon Bay was the perfect place for us. So it was stable. It is gorgeous. Yeah, yeah no, it's yeah, it's gorgeous. But for us, it was main, mainly a matter of, of budget. So Palo okay. Alto, you would say Palo Alto, is has the perfect demand. But the, the the wrong the wrong cost and the wrong lot lot price, okay. and San Jose has the perfect lot price but the wrong demand. Half Moon Bay, no, I, I'd say it's it's more more unstable. Uh, San Jose is, is more unstable. It's proven to be more more unstable. Yeah. Uh, but Half Moon Bay, although it, it's also compared to Palo Alto, quite 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 unstable. We found that the cost of land versus the demand was was in a perfect balance for us. So we arrived to Half Moon Bay and talked to the city, saw how open they were to what we yeah. were trying to do that decided this was the place for us. And uh, actually uh, are developing there, uh, we started a year ago, are developing there our first, our first Nomos Red house. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so when we, when we started, when we designed it out and got it through planning, it was the first modern project in the history of Half Moon Bay. And wow. uh, yeah, and it's downtown. The first one. And this was what 2015? Yeah, 2015. 2015. And and uh, it, in in Half Moon Bay downtown city, they were like first one, and uh, and uh, there's there's good traditional architecture buildings there, but but not nothing nothing modern. So so when we started meeting local contractors, we we didn't have a great response. They, they, but not 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 due to our expectations, but due to them not wanting to be involved or not interested in being involved with with some of those details. Was it a fear factor, you think, no. or a, a skill set, or a, no, just would, an unfamiliarity? So I would say you expressed it very well, uh, talking about a different different scenario, but you expressed it, it was lack of hungriness, okay. uh, I think, because they, they, the contractors today are so busy, uh, they don't have time, they don't have time to experiment. They, they, or, or you would say you could, you could try to, so imagine you sold them the concept and they bought into it, uh, by the time that this becomes a, a reality, they have they have had so much distractions uh, to do traditional stuff, the stuff they do very well that they've forgotten about you. So, so that's what happened to us. The two or three contractors that were interested in doing uh, this with us, they just fell fell off the radar because they they were they were finding new deals that were easier or, or faster to do. So, so then that's when we decided, and I told you about this earlier. That's when we decided to set up. Our own team in Europe. Oh, this is great! Yeah. Don't, please say it again. In, I love yeah, this, uh, in Spain. I thought of this idea. And and we set up a factory, and we we contacted uh, three engineers. So we we had we had a team of three engineers in that factory uh, that were basically going going to get, take our plans, and they were going to design a, a light structure around it around them. Uh, and and then and then they were going to be in charge of receiving all the materials on site and, and developing this concept to package them and send them through shipping containers uh, to our lot. And we were we were two months into that when when uh, we we started to feel like the cities weren't pro weren't weren't, uh, um, weren't pro this approach. Uh, so the first the first impediment for us was we we need to set up a team of inspectors in Spain. And, uh, and uh, that was uh, that was very time-consuming, and also and also financially speaking, it wasn't great. Uh, and that's when we started doing our research and, and saying, I'm sh- we're sure that there's people that are doing the same thing, the same thing here. So so then that's that's when we decided to go and uh, we, we decided to go and, and and meet and meet one of these uh, one like some of the people that were doing what we were trying to do. So um, that that's when we came like started our research and, and discovered bone structure. 
uh, those structures basically, I think it's a brilliant model for California. I don't know if they, they did it on purpose, but they had been, they had been uh, developing this in Canada and, and building light gauge steel, uh, uh, like uh, modular structures that, that were, could very well adapt to almost any kind of orthog like orthogonal design. Yes. So, so these, um, so, so we, we, yeah, we directly met with them. Uh, they, they are, uh, they're a really interesting team. They're so they have a team in Canada. It's a very big team, and they're doing, they're, they're doing a lot of stuff there. But their, their San Francisco team is formed by, by like very, very, like very smart and hungry guys. And, and when we met them, we just knew like they were. It was they a fit. The, huh. Yeah, they were, they were the company for us. And, and uh, but we, we looked into their system, and for us. Uh, like having our expectations like to do like whatever kind of custom steel structure system um, and for us like we, we, we love their system but at, at the same time we, we, we were we didn't know if they were they were they wanted to explore how like our details and our approach to our building but they were they were super receptive and, and they and they looked at our details they, they helped us uh, develop them with their system and we designed new pieces together and uh, we managed to make Things more compact. That was that was one of our main goals: more compact and super minimalistic. Yeah. And and that's so that's what we're doing with bone structure today. We're doing like a super high-end uh, 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 modern architecture, and we're trying to. So our, our basic model is trying to do it at a rational cost, which is not the same. It's as, like a rational cost. Yeah, it's not the it? same as saying uh, at, yeah. a, at a, a low cost because okay. that that doesn't exist in the Bay Area. Uh, building here is super expensive. But we're doing it in a way that it's uh, very, you could say, uh, you could say predictive. You can like uh, predictable, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then and then in a way that uh, by using bone structure and by using a, a, like a couple other partners, you can do it in a way that it's that is really uh, that is really uh, efficient. So yeah, how I, I, um, how is the the speed factor in building the home? You know, a lot of uh, a lot of people are concerned with the. The, not just the cost, but even more, perhaps sometimes even more important is the time it takes to go from uh, concept to actual completion. How is how's bone structure expedited that? I, I, I think they have, but I'm curious to find out how, how your experience with that. Yeah. So so our our experience with um, with with bone structure was uh, we we contacted them. They were super receptive. Uh, they they put us in touch with their Canadian team. They were they like formed by architects and engineers and they they responded very quickly and and uh, although like being being one of the first buildings in California uh, we we found that they had already developed the the relationship with with most of the cities they were familiar with the with the coding and, and they, they were familiar with the kind of of, of um, responses they would get from the building departments around their system so I would say they were very fast I would I would say that they they moved really fast and they and they had to learn some things along the way and they did so very efficiently and I would say they, they made our lives easier uh, through the building through the building permit phase and also after that uh, through construction so so being one of their first first uh, buildings obviously we had some some hiccups along the way mm -hmm. but uh, but, uh, but uh, all those hiccups were solved and now I feel we're, we're already 
like to move really really fast and, and what that's what we're trying right to do right now in cities like Palo Alto, Atherton, Los Altos and Woodside there like uh, and, and, and for now the, the cities have been very receptive to, to this to this concept yeah it, it, it is a it is a shift in the process in uh, the cities that I, I'm aware of and that I've known that uh, uh, I've experienced it have uh, really have great reviews about them yeah. yeah. So there is there's a radically different uh, re response from the planning department and the building department. Uh, How how's the what's the difference? No, and, yeah. and that's around modern architecture. Okay. Uh, and, and 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 I think Bone is is going after uh, both modern and traditional, but more after modern architecture. Uh, planning. So building departments are formed by by architects and they're they're, they're and builders. And, and when they see a system like bone structure and when they see how we've integrated bone structure within our, 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 our process and our details, they're very excited and that actually has gone, has gone through pretty smoothly. Uh, the problem with, with planning departments is that they, they, have, their, they have the neighbors component. So they, even though they, you're also dealing with architects, uh, there, is this, there is this fear of when they see a modern project uh, in their hands, there is this fear of what will the neighbors say or how much will they complain? How impossible will they make my life uh, after this yeah. thing is built? So, so th and that, that's when you get projects like some, pro some projects we have in Palo Alto that have been on the planning, on planning review for two years. And we're talking about a 4,000 square feet home for two years. I think, I think the Apple campus was, was in the planning department for much, much less time. Is that right? <laughs> wow. I think so. Yeah, no, and, and 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 it's two years for a single family house, uh, mainly mainly because of how how modern architecture integrates within the the, the community, the, yeah, the, the traditional yeah. architectural landscape that you have in some of those cities, and that for us is so that I think that's the, one of the biggest hurdles for for more modern architecture is uh, how how planning departments how how the neighbors affect planning departments' decisions around modern buildings. Wow. Now, there's a, a, a great saying, I'm not sure, I, I don't recall who said it, but uh, in regards to innovation and new ideas, it's uh, if it's first at not uh, uh, at least ridiculed and second laughed at, um, you really, you're not onto something new, and uh, uh, you may have gone through the process with this. Yeah, well, a funny story, I, did, I didn't tell you this one, uh, a funny story is that our housing in Half Moon Bay was, was, the, was in the newspapers last week. And you, Great. Would, uh, and you would say, oh, congratulations. No. Yeah. How, what was it? Uh, it was it a, so, uh, so not yeah. favorable or? Uh... Well, um, so it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't all not favorable or favorable, but the article went something like, like the following is, uh, so as you walk from the ocean in Half Moon Bay, or two blocks away from the ocean, you see this, uh, these beautiful uh, traditional homes. And then you have a farm on your left and a barn that was built 100 years ago. And then what? <laughs> <laughs> that house is, is right right now it's gone through framing and, yeah. and it's a steel frame it's it's a beautiful polished steel frame by bone structure super modern super minimalistic uh, but basically what the what the review in the newspaper says is who the hell approved that house and it's it's, it's worded that way and it, yeah. it ends it ends the note saying something like you should be fired <laughs> 
and uh, and, and that's something that for us is, is was was really terrible to read yeah. because we've spent the last ten years learning yeah. how to do this. Uh, we've we've approached it in a way that was very respectful with the materials used in Half Moon Bay, but also uh, with like the variants of styles that architecture has and how they communicate each other. And we want we, we don't we don't want to do cities that are exactly formed by the exactly uh, sure. same types of buildings. And we've 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 spent thousands of hours in this design, and it's it's something that uh, that we've done because we wanted to do it well. And, and we don't, we don't, we were really not not expecting uh, that kind of response. But uh, but uh, at the same time, it's under, understandable. It's some, some people that are proud of. You sure are uh, taking it in stride. Yeah, no, yeah. but but at the same time, we've met a lot of people that are that are loving it. They're, they're calling us and they're saying, "Hey, uh, I, I love this. Uh, can I can I can I do something similar for 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 my house?" And, and yeah. Wow. Now, uh, I'm going to quote here Frank Lloyd Wright in the. Uh, his right way of thinking. Um, here's a direct one: is uh, to Wright's way of thinking. In any building, if properly designed, could be a temple. Uh, and unshakable optimism um, and zeal um, is quintessentially uh, new. And he says, good architecture should promote the democratic ideal of the highest possible expression of the individual as a unit, not inconsistent with a harmonious whole. And it sounds uh, like your home. It does that. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I would. I would never compare my, myself. We would never compare ourselves to to write. Oh, it's just a quote. Right it's there. a quote, but it's pretty <laughs> timeless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, but we would say that uh, that the way the way we do things is we take a lot of care in 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 every single detail in our building. We take a lot of care of how these buildings are designed, and and we're very proud of that. And we we feel that uh, we want those buildings to be timeless. We want those buildings to be there in two hundred years, and we want people to exactly feel, yeah. to live comfortably in them. And, that, and that's when our debate gets into the energy efficiency as well and the sustainability. Uh, we want them to, to, to live uh, sustainably in, in our buildings and we want them to experience uh, uh, a certain kind of life that we feel that modern architecture is, is, is able to give and sometimes traditional architecture is not. Yeah, now, mentioning sta- sustainability, how, um, how efficient is, uh, are, your, are your new homes so, compared to, say, a home that was built Okay, even 20 years ago. So I, I would say I would say that our 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 homes our homes have the capacity of becoming uh, either passive or net net zero homes. Net zero, okay. But uh, we're not we're not following that route. And okay. I think I think we we will like we can we can get into that later, but into that later. Uh, but we are getting into the very high highly energy efficient route. Uh, and and that's that's done mainly like for example the bone structure frame. Uh, one of the things we loved about it is it's a recycled recycled steel frame. It's uh, light gauge recycled steel. So you're you're the steel in your building was stealing something else uh, like last year. So that's pretty exciting. Wow. Our our insulation our, the insulation of our house is made out of five thousand plastic bottles. <sighs> That, that that's uh, that's pretty exciting. Then yeah. the the ratings the ratings of our walls are are R thirty and higher. Uh, the ratings of our roof is R thirty to R fifty. So you're basically living. wow. You're greatly exceeding. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And we and then that's when we're doing the investment and going further. So our windows, and this is uh, that this is one of our proudest moments. We're we're using we're using one of the best window products in the world. In the Half Moon Bay house, it's called Panorama, and it's ending Panorama. In, ending okay. in an H. 
and they they they're from Europe and they do minimal frames. So the the, the frames are barely one inch thick, uh, but they are rated 0.14 or something like that. It, it, so the rating is superb. They're the like best one of the best energy performance windows out there, and those are those are contributing. We have glass walls, floor to ceiling, 10 foot high fl- glass walls that are that are that are still maintaining. Uh, the the env- like the sealed envelope of uh-huh. our building, and they're still maintaining the energy efficient of our structures. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Wow. That's a. You're listening to the Modern Architect with our guest, Guillaume Castaneda. Hi, Tom. How are you? Well, so um, yeah, we were talking about our so uh, our buildings. Uh, so we're we're using uh, these extremely uh, high high efficient frame that is bone structure that has two layers of insulation yeah. that are com- everything comes from recycled materials is giving you the high high performance. Also, we're using uh, uh, the best the best uh, windows out there to have to get also the energy performance with glass walls so that's yeah. something that is very important here in California uh, with the title 24 but also with what California wants to be in the residential architectural side uh, in a few years they want to go to the 100% renewable energy yeah. so all our houses have the have the ability to become uh, net zero uh, being today so when you're when you yeah well, yeah if you if you put a, if you put a bunch of solar panels in the roof uh, through the radiant heating systems that we're implementing. For example, in Half Moon Bay, we're, we're using conventional radiant heat, but in Palo Alto, we're doing a house that has radiant cooling from the ceiling. So this is called Messana Radiant Cooling. It's an Italian company, and they, they've developed a system that in, in the ceiling drywall, they, they put, they put uh, I think, three-eighths of tubing that, that carries water, and it's a very low thermal mass product. That, uh, that, uh, that is able to change the temperature of the space so fast and that is incredibly energy efficient because it takes very little energy to heat or cool that water because the, the actual degree difference between the space and the panels is so low. It's not like with conventional heating that... Yeah. So it's radiant cooling? Radiant okay. cooling. So And it's a system that is... We've, I, I had never seen anything like that, but it's a system that in places where you have, for example, uh, Palo Alto, where you have more cooling demand than heating demand mm-hmm. is a system that actually uh, is controlled through like you can have 25 zones in your house you can have whatever amount of zones you want to have in your house and the thermostat gives you a little bit of heating in the morning because they have to, to just warm the house a little bit and then right after so this, is it gauged or staged or yeah and, okay. you know it's, it's completely it's completely monitored by these okay. thermostats and and, uh, it, it, and and as soon as the sun comes out and starts heating your house it it, 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 it ins- so it has an insulation to it, so it protects you from the sun hitting your house. But when the sun manages to heat your house, it very slow, it very quickly turns into cooling and and, and manages to keep the temperature f- like perfect all day. It's it's really so you have a perfectly perfect home. You have a you have perfect comfort. That's how Com- you say perfect it. Perfect comfort. Oh, yeah, that's a yeah. word. Trademark it. Yeah, okay. yeah. And uh, yeah, this this so so this system is is uh, what what is what is being done in the in the highest in the highest end homes right now in Palo Alto, Atherton, and Woodside. And I feel I feel more more and more people will start using it because it's, it, it is it is an expense, but it also what what it what it's giving you the energy the, the energy efficiency. This is uh, and and how 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 sustainable it's making the homes where it's, where it's been placed. It's it's really attractive. I I, I think. Yeah. So how how do the uh 
the city uh, building departments feel about you know some of these uh, new or not new but just innovative uh, proven it sounds like um, technologies um, or, or materials I would say ex extremely receptive great so building departments are extremely receptive and uh, so one anecdote is particular anecdote about this Mesana product is we received the comments back from Palo Alto and it said mechanical comments none <laughs> it's zero. the first zero first time ever and uh, and yeah and with bone structure uh, like the cities the cities for example San Mateo for Half Moon Bay people would say Half Moon Bay uh, would have a would have a more strict uh, building department but the guy in, in, in San Mateo that was that was inspecting our, our building the building inspector uh, was going through the plans and, and called me and said hey I was I was browsing through bone structure homepage it looks really cool yeah uh, can you explain me more, a little bit more about this and that? And can you please provide me more details on this area? So when we got the, the, the comments from the city back, they were comments that we were able to turn around in two weeks. And uh, houses... Two weeks? Yeah. Our house was went through building in two months, which is in Half Moon Bay, which is like unheard of. Unheard of, yeah. yeah. Two months. Where's the... Usually it's probably what eighteen months. Is that no? So yeah, is that unreasonable? It would, be, it would be four, like four to six months building plus plus four to six months planning, and, and that would be like a twelve month okay, in, so in, in in Half Moon Bay. But in Palo Alto, it would be yeah, eighteen eighteen months to to twenty four months. And yours yeah. was in yeah. So Palo Alto House, we we submitted. Uh, a month and a half ago and we already got the response uh, within 30 days and we feel we have like high odds to, to have it approved in, in two months as well so yeah it's, it's definitely it's definitely an interesting an interesting uh, thing we're doing and, and the cities are the building departments of the cities are responding very very well to it yeah so it, it sounds as if uh, if you want a more energy efficient home um, on the net zero ready path and you want to be in your home from design to um, occupancy, uh, is it safe to say you may, uh, you're maybe looking at uh, what do you do as an architect or bone structure as an option to actually make that happen? Yeah, yeah. So I would definitely say that, uh, that uh, we are, we're, developing, we're developing a relationship and, and, a, and a system and a process that, that goes through building departments uh, quite, quite efficiently. Um, and that's just in Cal I know uh, it, not just California or local here. That's nationwide. Yeah. So we're working. So we're working with bone structure in California only. Okay. Yeah, we, yeah. Things are very different in in Europe. So we've we've designed we've designed in London and we've designed houses in in Spain, Madrid, and the building the administration of a house is an anecdote. So there. So you basically you have a code you have to comply, but the planning. So there is the planning side and the building side. The, the building side is as strict as here, but the planning side is much more open to different styles than it than what it would be in this area in in California. So, so that's when when I was saying before that the city, the planning departments in cities uh, are are having like a hard time. We're having a hard time getting modern projects through uh, planning departments in in certain cities in Silicon Valley. It's it's because of yeah because of the strictness of that. Now, yeah, I want to invite our listeners to uh, go to your website and that is uh, please what uh, your website so is, yeah uh, our website is is nomosred.com nomos is like n-o-m-o-s like november october march october september red as in the color dot com 
Yeah, and and there you can see the kind of work we're doing. Uh, we're like I, I would I would say that we're still very small. Uh, we're we're uh, we're we're doing like we're doing a lot of projects right now. Uh, we're we're having a lot of we have a lot of response from our clients. We like I would say I would say we're in a great we're in a great position. Uh, this is like the what what's happening with the residential construction industry in Silicon Valley. It's something like absolutely uh, I think it's unheard of. Like yeah. The, the, the so amount. how do you see it in the next say say okay two three four five years. So I so this is this is what I what I are like my personal uneducated opinion. I'm not a macro macroeconomist. I, I'm not looking at the credit possible credit financial crisis in China, or I'm not looking at the stability of the of the venture capital world in the near future in in Silicon Valley. But what we're seeing here that is different to the huge downturn that happened in Spain while we were studying is. Uh, there is a lot of homeowners uh, with a very stable financial background, a very stable financial situation that are building their own homes. Uh, and I say a lot. This is this economy is not only formed by big developer firms that are that are building 1,000 1, apartments at a time. There is, mm-hmm. and there is a big component of the banks not releasing a lot of credit. So there are, there is a lot of there is a very strict process into getting a credit in this area that we feel makes this like. Even though building here is very expensive and the prices are rising very fast, we feel that if a time comes where uh, the economy drops uh, or or just flattens out, we feel that people will not have to move. Uh, we don't feel like this this sort of uh, this sort of uh, bubble, if you would like to call yeah. it a bubble. We don't feel it's formed by people with unstable credit or with unstable jobs that if they if they are. If they are let go, or if they're, if you know, if their companies stop growing, they're let go. Or no, we feel, we feel the Silicon Valley industry, the residential industry in in this area of California is formed by very stable, by very stable investors, by very stable f- families with a good, with a good credit, and uh, we we feel, and, and this is our personal opinion, and we're not experts at it, of course, but we feel that it, it will be stable for a long time if the if the access to if the access to cash continues to be as strict as it is today. Wow. So for that, I said uh, from a couple of years, but actually you're looking maybe even ten to fifteen years. I understand you. So not, we we're, uh, we're so we're so we uh, obviously uh, we we need to be optimistic to do what we're doing. Where we our whole our whole business is is focused on on real estate uh, and, and architecture. But um, uh, Paula always expresses it the following way. Uh, we Paula uh, says that this is like London. 50 years ago like this is this is a place this is a place with very low density that's, that is experiencing a tremendous growth and uh, there is no there is no space and, and this is a reality there is no space for the talent that Silicon Valley is bringing in town there's no residential space for them and there is no commercial space for those for those inhabitants so yeah. so there is a tremendous near near term need for commercial and residential buildings yeah and and there is a tremendous availability of 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 cash to to develop them so we feel uh, we feel that this is this is a, this is a growth that this city need this area needs and we feel that london london's prices grew for 40 to 50 for 40 years like every year and I don't know if this is a fact, but it's, uh, it was for a very long time. London London prices grew steadily, and we feel that that is what is happening here. That you, you you can't you can't ignore the fact that the, that in in a matter of ten to twenty years, in a, in a place where where 
highly educated people lived and, and highly educated people raised their children, they suddenly surrounded by the most important companies in the world. Those companies are, as a business model, importing all the talent they can, they can, they can import to this area. They're not exporting it, they're importing the talent here and they're bringing hundreds of thousands of new residents that have a good salary, that are doing important things and that need a house and need an office to work on. So we, we are very optimistic in that sense. Yeah. And how, how is it commercial? I know we touched a lot on residential, but how are the commercial potential applications for modern architecture? Are they more receptive? Are they definitely more receptive? Okay. So so commercial commercial uh, construction is a different story. Commercial construction is formed by by big big companies that have the ability to build almost anything you ask them for, and and the, the proof of that is is the Apple the Apple campus building. Uh, the Apple campus building is building things that have never been built before, and they're and it's being built by Californian companies, and 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 these companies have the have the resources to to make it happen. Uh, so 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 commercial architecture and is more commercial architecture is more backed up by the city planning officials than residential architecture. So sometimes sometimes and, and I don't know if you've heard this before, but sometimes. When we when we present some of, of our designs either to some clients or, or to people uh, outside of our of our of our industry, they would say that they look commercial. So they would say, "Oh, that house looks commercial." Okay. So there is a there is a I think there is a belief in this area that modern is 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 all like is only is only feasible in the commercial world, which is not definitely not true. You can sure. do you can do very you can do very warm modern designs for residential. Uh, yeah, that's where I, I um, uh, my perception is that there's uh, um, the warmth factor with modern architecture isn't as as um, uh, they're not a lot of people aren't as familiar with the the clean designs the the efficiencies or maybe they don't even care but uh, I think that warmth initially is is something that they will experience once they're they're in it and they've seen it and felt it. It's actually even more warm because it's just by design. What's your take on 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 that? How the, the it's potentially a negative perspective, but it is one that people who aren't as experienced are probably are more likely to say when you just ask them right away, "What is it?" You know, that fact. So, um, well, there is there is an example. Uh, there is a um, there is an anecdote uh, that that we can we can basically do a simul uh, to answer your question is uh, whenever whenever we say polished concrete in floors to our clients they say oh no that's too cold or that's too modern see there's an example it's just a quick yeah and okay, and, so. and that is that is because there aren't many examples out there so so people when uh, when people design their homes they're not thinking on on what is my dream home from zero. They have their they have their the set of assumptions uh, of how they've lived so far, and mainly they have the set of examples of what they've seen so far. So they've gone to houses their friends have, and, and they've seen they've seen a window uh, that folds in, in 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 a living room, and they want a folding window in a living room, or they've gone there and they've seen a, a pattern in the, in the in the in the hardwood flooring that they want to. So, so they acquire these examples that they want to translate into their design. Uh, so when 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 uh, here when you don't find many of those modern examples, you find a lot in other places like polished concrete, for example, or 20 feet long uh, kitchen islands, 
or or yeah or or floor to ceiling glass glass facades um, those th those things people people very quickly get, try to go away from because they they're not familiar with it and they're they, they, it doesn't it doesn't apply to their assumptions what do you feel is the uh, the greatest challenge when it comes to designing for environmental sustainability oh Oh, great! Uh, that's a great question. Thank you. Thank you for asking. It. It's uh, so that is actually one of our so that is one of our biggest pain points today. So and 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 and, and I would so we have two two big challenges with that. One is uh, some some something we've previously discussed with is which is uh, uh, building modern design, a modern architecture is more expensive because the industry is not ready yet uh, uh, on, on in general. Uh, but I would say I would say we have the same problem with energy efficiency. The, the, the industry is not ready yet, so uh, you have to you have to really increase your increase your your, your time and, and, and increase your costs to go energy efficient today in Silicon Valley. Although there is a lot of there is a lot of momentum with the energy efficient world, but so one of our main pain points would be uh, it is it is financially um, a little bit financially uh, um, um, difficult. The second biggest pain point, and this is something that I have. Uh, and I haven't seen in other cities. For example, New York. New York is one of those cities. Is uh, when you're building a, an energy efficient env uh, closed envelope building, you want you want it to be uh, net, net zero or a passive home mm -hmm. or a passive or a passive building, uh, a commercial building. Uh, you need a lot of insulation, and that takes a lot of space. So, so uh, basically, uh, I would, a good way to put it is if you're building your house uh, energy efficiently in Palo Alto or in Atherton today, uh, you're basically adding six inches or seven inches of wall depth to your, to your envelope. And that, that in these cities translates into square footage. So that basically takes a lot of interior, uh, available interior uh, square footage that you can actually design in your buildings. So your floor area is directly reduced by being energy efficient. So if you're, if you're telling this to, an, to a Palo Alto client, you say, okay, the perimeter of your building is 200, 200 feet and you have two stories, so 400 feet, and you have six inches more of wall depth in, all, in your walls, you're basically telling them that 200 square feet of their floor area will go to energy efficiency, to the insulation. So in, in resale value, Imagine, like, if the square footage of re in Rizal Valley in Palo Alto is $2,000, you're directly compromising 200 by $2,000 in, 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 uh, in, in your end product. So that's for, like, you're compromising $400,000 in the end product due to the energy-efficient wow. uh, building envelope. And that that is one of the one that is one of the things that we would like to be able to discuss with the cities. If you're adding six, inch, six inches of insulation to your wall depths, you shouldn't have to count it as your available floor area. That should yet yeah, that should be free, because you're actually building efficient envelopes as you're required to do by California. But also because you believe in energy energy efficient buildings, you cannot be compromising four hundred thousand dollars out of your end product due to energy efficiency. Oh, that's excellent. It goes back to what you had said earlier about. Uh, uh, it's an investment, not a cost. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, but it's a, it's but this is a huge investment. Uh, in New York, when you're building a building in New York, and uh, all the insulation you add on your exterior envelope, it's not counted into the floor area. So it basically, New York gives you the possibility of adding five so five inches or six inches to your building, and and not counted into into your floor area. 
So do you see a, a potential model of that yeah, uh, I, happening I, here, or of your experience, even just in dialogue or conversation? So I, I, I totally see that, and, and it's it's even even more dramatic in the in the ceilings because you're you're putting your sip panels and you want them to be like top top rated R50 sip panels on your roof. Those are 10 inches. So you're basically telling your client his his living room ceiling is going to be eight feet because 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 Palo Alto doesn't allow him to do to do like uh, to, to, to not count that into the into the daylight into the daylight plane requirements or into the height requirements of their building. So they, they are not going to want an eight or an eight and a half feet living room in Palo Alto. So they should be able to have that that uh, that SIP that those ten inches outside of the building envelope. Yeah, I, I strongly believe that should not be counted either for floor area in in the in the case of the walls or uh, for for building height and uh, and building daylight planes in the case of of, of ceiling zip panels. Yeah, nice, great, and, and you you foresee that uh, changing at some point um, or, or or at least a, um, a serious consideration of that. So I I I, I, I think that uh, we're not the first ones to do the math. And, and our clients and, 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 and other citizens are doing the math, and they they want energy efficient buildings, but they don't want to throw away 200 or 400 square feet. Uh, so, so I, I I really feel this becoming a conversation. So, this is a, is there a solution if you can? I mean, I know we're 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 pressed for time for a complete solution, but uh, just a, an overall. Um, Snapshot of what what would you do to make that happen? Yeah, I would, if you had an influence on it, I would import. I would import something like the New York model. Um, I would say, um, uh, in your building envelope, if you have to increase the the depth of a wall by three to six inches due to insulation requirements, uh, that does not count into the floor area. And and that you have that kind of code in other cities in in the U.S. Why not have it in this place? That it that aims to be the 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 hub of energy efficient construction in the world. Excellent. Well, yeah. we'll definitely have to. Uh, uh, I love that idea for a solution, and we'll definitely have to have you back on the show. It's been a pleasure, Guy. Thank you very much, Tom. Pleasure. You've been listening to The Modern Architect. My guest today has been Guy Castaneda, principal of Namos Red. You can find him at namosred.com and a primary architect for Bone Structure at bonestructure.ca. Join us again next time when we welcome another outstanding architect, influencer, and civic leader committed to positive and sustainable cities, communities, and lives. The Modern Architect is recorded at Stanford University Studios in Palo Alto, California, and is a production of KZSU Radio. The producer is Michael Longoria, recording engineer is Akshay Jaggi, assistant engineer McGregor Joyner, and we are all assisted by Bryce Carter. Production manager is Akshay, and the executive producer and host of The Modern Architect is Tom Dioro. Thank you all for tuning in today to 90.1 KZSU Stanford, and we'll be back next week for an episode, another episode of the modern architect.